Hi, welcome to the show, Be Convinced. I'm your host, Soraya Diasi-Kofelt. I'm an Ivy League educated lawyer, former judge, small business owner, children's author, and above all mother, who's passionate about helping to improve lives and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. I'll be sharing another life-changing story of hope told by ordinary people just like you and me. This is episode number 15. My guests are American missionaries, Jean and Robin Willis, who now live and serve the people of Honduras. I met them many years ago when I joined their church out of Georgia to volunteer on a missionary trip to the Amazon River region of Peru. At that time, they were not full-time missionaries, but had led over 30 missionary trips to Peru, Guatemala, and Honduras. Years later, they felt the calling of God on their lives to leave their places of employment and become full-time missionaries, and they did just that. Hear them tell their stories of adventures as they have put all their hope and trust in the Lord. Please stay tuned for part one of our talk. My passion has always been to spread the love of books and promote the importance of literacy in a child's life. My passion inspired me to write a series of five faith-based children's books about our favorite holidays from a Christian's perspective, Easter, Fourth of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. My books are filled with colorful illustrations and lots of humor because children love to laugh. All proceeds from book sales go to the nonprofit foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to help promote literacy. To purchase my books, please visit asastarsofthesky.org or your favorite online bookseller. Thank you. Welcome, Jean and Robin. I'm so happy that you're here today with us. We're very, very glad to be here. Yes, thanks for inviting us. And I like to start off the show saying a quote. And the quote I have is, of course, by a missionary, Jim Elliott, who is a famous missionary in Ecuador. Missionaries are very human folks just doing what they are asked. Simply a bunch of nobodies trying to exalt somebody. And the somebody has a capital S. So I thought that was very appropriate. And my heart has always been uh, for missionaries and missionary work. And I just love what you all do. So I'd like to ask you all about what you've been doing. Well, first of all, we're going to do the show in two parts. Part one is going to be talking about their background, and then part two will be their experiences where they are in Esperanza, Honduras. So I'll leave it up to the both of you if you'd like to introduce yourself and just start telling us more about you. We really appreciate you inviting us to the program. And uh, we're honored to uh, to be a guest here. So, uh, again, my name is Gene Willis, and my wife's Robin. We were married in 2002 after meeting where we both worked together. We uh, basically had talked about what church we would attend. We both grew up in a different denominations. We were trying to decide, you know, exactly where we would attend church and, and which type of church. The uh, first Sunday after we returned from our honeymoon, we actually uh, found a church to try, and we wound up staying there for, what, 10 years, 12 years? Yes. Yeah, for quite a while. So, uh, and, you know, this church, it was my start into missions. 
was uh, once we got into this church, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But even before that, I'll let Robin tell you about her experience with missions uh, prior to our marriage. Well, I was raised in a Christian family. Church was our main thing we did. We went to church every time the doors were open. And I actually love going to church. But along the way, missionaries would come to the church and I'd hear their stories and it moved my heart. I always loved those Sundays when they come. And missions became a part of my life. My mom said, never go to a church that doesn't give to missions, that doesn't work in missions in some way. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. As, a, as I began to work, I started supporting missionaries. And uh, there was some, uh, a man at our church that was starting out as a missionary, so I started supporting him. Well, when Jean and I started talking about getting married and going over our finances, I said, I've always supported missionaries, and I want to continue that. And he said, fine, you know, it's, that's fine. Although he had not been involved with missions or knew really a whole lot about it. But God has a way of putting people together that he yes. wants together. Yes, and that's he, true. <laughs> he knows our personalities and how we can work together and uh, fulfill his will. So I was thankful for that. But missions has always been a part of my heart. I never dreamed I would be a missionary or be on the mission field. I always planned on supporting missionaries, praying for missionaries, which is a major part of missions. If anybody can do that and wants to be a missionary or wants to help missionaries, that's the best thing you can do. If you know you can't go on the field or if God's not calling you to the field, please pray for missionaries and support them as you can. So you all started attending a church, I believe it's Free Chapel Church. Is that the one that you were going to talk about, Gene? Yes. And uh, yeah, we started attending Free Chapel and we loved it. I mean, it just, uh, we just seemed to fit right in. Everything seemed to go well. And well, during the first couple of years that, that we were there, we actually took a mission trip with this missionary that Robin was supporting, well, that we were now both supporting. And uh, he was a missionary to Guatemala. So we took a trip to Guatemala with him and a couple other people. And really, that was my first experience in missions and, and going out on uh, you know mission trips or you know really anything to do with supporting missionaries or, or anything. So we actually went to Guatemala and spent a week down there working on getting him a place prepared to move into. He was at that time uh, only spending the summers down. Uh, he was a teacher and, and taught school during the year and then spent every summer in Guatemala. So we were helping him to prepare a place to move to. Move his family down. Yeah, move his family down. I think this was uh, the place that we, I, I know I just fell in love with missions. That it was just a, a real changing point in our life. But but then as we you know returned back to the States and, and uh, continued attending Free Chapel, the next thing we knew was uh, Free Chapel had a mission trip, and we were invited to go on that trip. Wonderful. So, uh, of course, missions had, yeah, missions had taken over our heart by now, I think. So, so uh, this uh, mission trip was actually to Peru, and uh, the church, Free Chapel, had uh, a couple of 
home-based missionaries that were living in Peru uh, on the Amazon, running a a medical mission ship up and down the Amazon. So uh, we were invited to go on a trip with Free Chapel to Peru. Great trip. And uh, somehow, we, we really don't know the full story behind this. Either while we were on the trip or shortly after we returned from the trip, we were asked to start leading the trips to Peru. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, we, don't, we have okay. no, idea, no idea how that came about. But Yes. You know. Well, on the trip that I went on, I actually went on to, to the Amazon River mm-hmm. region. I believe my recollection is that you all led one or did you lead two with me on it? Actually, we were trying to remember which trips we uh, we actually uh, went with you, and we took about twenty four trips to the Amazon. Oh my over, goodness! Yeah. yeah, over like a eight year period. It's hard for us to remember. We didn't document everything as well yes, as we yes. should have. So, yes. so yeah, we were talking. I think uh, I told Robin I thought that you'd gone on two trips, and yes, and I did. He wasn't yes. sure, and so I remember you being on the trip and, and you working with the kids on on yes, some, yes, and. On one of the trips, my youngest son, James, came along. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, and and that was a very life-changing experience for him. The period of time that you were at Free Chapel, you led how many missionary trips in total? Well, for Free Chapel, we led about 24, I believe it was. But also during the same time, we were leading... A few other trips on our own. We we uh, they were not sponsored by the church or anything. We led a, a couple of trips to Guatemala, a couple of trips to Honduras. Overall, we've we've taken thirty something mission trips before moving down down where we are now. Yes, and I remember after meeting you, it was a few years, but then. I started receiving updates from you that you all both were attending the Bible College in Colorado. Yes. Right. So tell us about that. It really goes back to about the time we got married. I felt that the Lord spoke to me and told me to settle up all of my debts, get rid of all of my bills and, and debts, and be prepared to go wherever I tell you to go. You know, it was sort of shocking, but but I did that. And, and over the next oh, 10 years or 12 years, we basically got down and were completely debt free. And during this time, the Lord had told me he gave me like a 10 year time period of when our youngest son would be out of high school and uh, going into college. And also during that period, I basically told the CEO at my company that, that I would be retiring at the end of uh, 2013. So when 2013 came rolling along, I retired. I expected to hear the Lord's voice on January 1st, 2014, saying, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. Of course, I heard absolutely nothing. (laughs) It was quiet. What was your profession and what was Robin's profession? I was a computer programmer. When I worked at the same company Gene worked at, I was a computer operator doing daily data entry and just general work like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's really important because God takes the average person oh, yeah. and you both involved with computers and now he changes your life because of your faithfulness, really, to oh, his yeah. calling. 
So yeah. you retire, and then what happens? I didn't hear from him as I expected on January first, and I didn't hear from you know any word from the Lord saying this is what you know I want you to do. Basically, I just started volunteering at Free Chapel, doing you know working with the maintenance department, just you know working and doing helping out where I could. And we had been following a man, a pastor by the name or evangelist by the name of Andrew Womack out of Colorado. We've been following him for years. And on TV. Yeah, on TV. And also he, he had uh, conferences that he would go around to different states. So we would always attend his conference every year in Atlanta. Well, there was an advertisement that I saw or an email that came to me, I believe it was, about his conference coming up that year in March. We decided to go to it like we always do. But I had forgotten he also had a Bible college in Colorado. At this time, the Lord spoke to me and he said, well, I haven't told you where to go yet because you're not ready to go. You need to go to Bible college. That was a shock. <laughs> so so basically, we applied for the college. We were accepted and it was a uh, two-year Bible college with an optional third year. So we started attending in August or September of that year when school started. The name of it is Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. Yes. One of the reasons why I think the Lord sent us there was that the college has a third year optional program and uh, you can go into your whatever area you, you want to specialize in like missions or being a pastor or music worship, those things. And they had a very good missions program for third year. So, so that's why we were, you know, we was really wanting to go for that. And we did, we went through the first two years in the Bible college, uh, which was excellent. And then the third year in the mission school, which was again, excellent. Had, you know, really enjoyed our time out there. Love Colorado uh, very much. I went to ministry school for two years and there wasn't the option of the third year for specialty or specializing. Mm -hmm. So uh, what did you learn in, as in the third year about mission work? Well, basically we had a lot of missionaries come and visit for one thing. You know, we were taught about short-term missions, which we had missionaries come in that lead short-term teams like we had done in the past, which we were very familiar with. But short-term missions is, is very different from long-term missions. We also had long-term missionaries come in and, and talk with us about long-term missions. Living on the mission field is totally different from a short-term mission trip that, that you might take. You know, it's great because, I mean, you, you are helping people and all, but but you've also got the, the added issues of life. I mean, just like you go through where you live now. I mean, you know, you, you have rent, you have problems in your homes, you have traffic. You know, when you're living on the mission field, it is, it's, it's combining your life with a short-term mission trip. So it's, it's really different yeah. than anything that you can imagine. Yeah. But we learned a lot about that, a lot about budgeting as missionaries, uh, you know, uh, taking care of the funds that uh, that you have to work with. Basically, every aspect of what it takes to, to live on the field and be a successful missionary. So you both chose to actually live as a missionary and not have short term 
trips or did you start off short term and then transition to actually living in Honduras? No, actually, the, one of the best parts about our third year mission school was at the end of the school, you spend six weeks in a foreign country. And so that's part of your class. So we took um, six weeks. We picked Nicaragua. We spent six weeks in Nicaragua and stayed with a guy uh, that works with Every Home for Christ. A pastor. A, a pastor, yeah. And he took us all over Nicaragua from the north, south, east, west, coast to coast. It was pretty yes. amazing. Six weeks. But you actually live with the people, you visit their homes, you eat with them, you, you're just immersed into missions, mm-hmm. as well as we did a lot of door-to-door ministry. We saw a lot of salvations, a lot of healings and deliverances, and, and it really gives you a feel for living on the field. Right. That was sort of our transition, from I think, from the, the one-week short-term trips that we had been leading in the past that was the transition that we needed to now go to a full-time living on the field. When did you learn Spanish? Because you would have to speak that in Nicaragua and of course now in Honduras. We- right. That is one of the greatest things about the six week trip that, that we took is, you know, we got on the six week trip and the first thing that, that I think the Lord spoke to me was you need to learn Spanish because, you know, I was like wanting to know, okay, where, where are you going to send us Lord? Where are we going? And, and he said, well, it doesn't matter where I send you. You're going to Central America, but you need to learn Spanish. So we had no idea where, where we were going to wind up as missionaries. But And living in the homes with people, we would spend the night with them, eat our meals with them. But we couldn't communicate unless we had our interpreter with us. And so it really pounded in the fact we've got to learn the language. Right. And so when we went back to the States, Gene and I discussed, we've, we've simply got to learn Spanish if we want to be missionaries. He began looking into places to attend. We had taken some classes previously. We knew words, but you can't communicate well with just a few words. We needed mm-hmm. the language. And words, a so, few phrases, those things. So Gene uh, found a place well, we asked our missionary friends, can you suggest a place? Because all of them had had to learn Spanish at some point. We only got one reply back, <laughs> and it was a, a school here in Honduras. Yeah. And so we checked it out. It looked great. We, Jean called the school, talked with them. And it was just a matter of weeks. <laughs> and that was a God thing again, I yeah. believe, because... You know, we, we sent out uh, several inquiries to, to different missionaries because we wanted something that was a Christian-based uh, language school. Yes, that's uh, true. Just for the vocabulary, for one thing, you know, the, the, the Christianese-type uh, vocabulary. You know, we put all these inquiries out, and we only received back one response that said, this is a school that we know someone that has gone to this school and they highly recommend this, this school. So basically that's how we decided to initially come to Honduras, still not having any idea where we were going to wind up living on the mission field. Yes. And that's really a wonderful thing to think about learning Spanish 
through a Christian organization. I would have never thought about that. But of course, when you're reaching out to people, you would have to speak the language and know all the, the words in the Bible, of course, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So the Christian foundation is really very important. And you have to be able to talk to the people. It's not just learning in a class, the grammar. How long did you both attend school to learn Spanish? We initially were coming down for six months and we quickly found out about halfway through that that six months is enough to learn some basic words and phrases almost. I mean, <laughs> you can learn basic grammar and, and you can get through present tense, uh, you know, and, but you can't really learn a lot of conversational Spanish. You can't, you can't be prepared to really carry on much of a conversation uh, with a uh, six months of uh, training, but, but we did continue on. And uh, like Roman says, I think we took 10 months of training. I took another refresher, some online courses from the same language school back in June, I believe it was, May and June. We've taken probably overall 10 months of classes down here and maybe, you know, a few lessons and different things in the States before starting all this. Our, the language is a never-ending process. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. We're still learning. We're still smoothing things out. Our Spanish language uh, skills still have a lot to be desired. But (laughs) but, uh, I mean, we can we can make conversation, get our points across and we can basically understand what other people are saying. We're definitely still working on it. The you know, I had heard that, you know, to really start feeling comfortable in a language you really need to speak it for about five years. And that seems to be about right from the other missionaries that, that we've met down here. And sort of the progress that we're making with it is, you know, another couple of years, we should be feeling fairly comfortable with speaking Spanish. So Yes. And what's, in, what's important is, for example, my mother's from Puerto Rico and the Spanish they speak in Puerto Rico is different <laughs> yeah. than the Spanish in Honduras. Yes. As a matter of fact, she lives with one of my sisters in Texas. And when she meets different people from Central America or South America, many times they will say they don't understand what she's saying mm-hmm. or she'll say she doesn't understand what they're saying. Oh, yeah. So it's really great that you learn Spanish for the place that you are eventually living and uh, helping the people Mm -hmm. there. So that's wonderful. So we have about three minutes left for part one of our show. And I know that just to let people be aware of the fact you did establish a ministry. And would you quickly just refer to the name and if people want to go to the website? Oh, yes, sure. The name of our ministry is Heart of the King and our website is heartoftheking.org. And you also send newsletters, which yes. is wonderful because it really keeps us up to date as to what you're doing. And they're very detailed. If both of you are writing it, whoever is writing it, it's, it's wonderful because it does provide a lot of information. And I think mm-hmm. that's important for people to know what is happening there and just keeping us up to date about your lives there and how you're impacting the people there for God. And when we come back to part two, I'd like us to talk about where you've settled, which is where? La Esperanza. We're in the mountains. La Esperanza. And what does that mean in English? 
The hope. The hope, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the hope in, in Honduras. And yeah. it's really wonderful to hear your background and your testimony and how you've been so faithful in following what God wants you to do. Thank you very much for being with us in part one, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you for joining me on my show, Be Convinced, as we share with you life-changing stories of hope. Please visit my Facebook page, Be Convinced VI, and like and follow me. I post weekly about upcoming radio shows and podcasts. Please also visit my website at sariahdiasikofelt.com where you will be able to read more about me and access my podcasts, which are all designed to give you a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. Let's contemplate on what the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a greater purpose than myself.